Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Diet Doc Life Mastery Podcast. I'm Corey Propes, your host and your resident health psychologist. And in this podcast, we explore the many aspects of life related to authentic health, happiness, and well-being. In this episode, I'm with the Diet Doc and Unique Fit Nutrition Coach, Beth Brilliard. Beth, hi. I'm excited for this conversation with you today. It's been a little while. It has. It has. Yeah. Thank you for being here. We're answering the question today, what is normal eating? Where do we begin? Well, let's see. I would say in a world full of dieting. Yeah. A world full of nutrition programs that are strictly customized, usually, for weight loss goals. Um, It's no wonder that people don't know what normal eating is for them. I mean, the fact that someone else has to dictate what is best for us, for our preferences, our lifestyle, our body, our needs... That alone, I would say, is a little bit abnormal. (laughs) We actually probably could do a great job at feeding ourselves as we're learning to eat normally. Mm -hmm. I I like where you've started, Beth, because I do feel like we give up a lot of our autonomy so often around um, what, what we eat, how we eat, when we eat, why we eat. It's valuable just to say that normal eating is very individual. And I think as you and I probably explain throughout the course of this podcast, what normal eating looks like, um, everyone is going to see that it's, it's very nuanced. <laughs> normal doesn't necessarily mean the same across the board. Normal for me is probably very different than normal for you. And I would say whatever is normal for someone, it doesn't stay that way forever. It, it can ebb and flow as your body's needs change, as your life is changing. Um, I guess that the best way to put it in a nutshell is there are no external rules. It's really learning to be more internally driven instead of controlling food or controlling our body, we start to really get more in touch with our body's needs. We start to have more trust that we can feed ourselves appropriately and that our bodies will kind of guide us towards what it ultimately really needs. Um, If you're not in touch with your hunger or satisfaction or fullness cues, that's a good chance that maybe you're a little bit out of touch with your body's normal eating patterns. Um, yeah. If you, and if you can, I, can I add Beth that I yeah. think there are a lot of ways in which we can become disconnected from those things. Not only, uh, not only in terms of what you've already alluded to, which is rules environmental rules, you know, rules coming from maybe the coach that you're working with or rules coming from uh, the culture at large that maybe things that you've read, um, but just environmentally, maybe it's your job. Maybe it's the timing of your schedule and different things that 
aren't going to be necessarily bad or wrong all the time, but that are going to influence, you know, when or how you eat. It's, it, it is normal sometimes to eat when you're not necessarily hungry too. So our bodies may not be giving us hunger cues, but environmentally we may recognize that it is an appropriate time to eat. For example, when we're not going to be able to eat for a longer period of time. Maybe we have a lot of things coming up in the afternoon within our schedule, but we know that we need to take care of ourselves. So that is part of normal eating too. Yeah. And our preferences also. I mean, if you're strictly relying on a meal plan that's telling you which foods to eat, you're not considering that maybe, maybe a cookie is something you would really like and that pleasure and satisfaction are a piece of normal eating as well. And when we're trying to follow external rules or guides that doesn't allow for the pleasure factor at times. And I think that when you can notice that there's like a, a reaction, like if, if, you, if you're trying to eat in a certain way, but there's a reactionary response to it, that might be an indicator that you're not paying attention to your physiological, biological, or emotional needs. Like there's, there's a lot of reasons why we choose to nourish our bodies and emotionally choose certain foods that give us that sense of pleasure. And if, you, if you're ignoring any of those, I think that that's a, a big piece of the overall nourishment picture mm -hmm. that you're not you're not benefiting from. Mm -hmm. Can you explain a little bit more about what you mean, Beth, by reactionary? Like if you experience a reaction to something, yeah. what do you mean by that? So, so let's say there's a particular food you're trying to avoid. So one thing we see often with clients is maybe they're trying to limit their carbs. Mm -hmm. So they might be able to go a certain amount of time where they're keeping them lower for whatever reason they're choosing to. Maybe it's they believe it's best for their health. Maybe they believe that it's you know best for their weight management, whatever reason. So they're trying to follow a plan where their carb intake is low. Maybe after a couple days of that, if that time, even if that much time um, goes by, then all of a sudden they're having a reactionary response where now they're overindulging, overeating those compensatory food. Okay. Yes, yes. Or, or another side of it is emotional reaction. So say they're trying to eat a certain way and follow a certain plan. And let's just say whatever meal they're really craving for dinner isn't in that plan but they choose to have it, now they may experience a, an emotional response, feeling guilty, feeling shameful, feeling like they messed up on their plan. So that, I also mean emotionally reaction, a reaction to that, to that way of trying to follow a program versus internal guides of, geez, I really feel like, let's just say pizza tonight. Mm -hmm. And then you choose to eat that and there is no emotional response to it after. It just was really, really pleasant to have that pizza and you carry on as nothing changed. It's just, there's no emotional response there besides, ah, that was a really great meal. <laughs> this so, is a, yeah, this is a really interesting topic here. I, I had a conversation with a client just yesterday about um, the fact that 
not every meal that we have is going to be amazing. And not every meal that we're going to, we're going to eat is going to feel super pleasurable. And I do think that we get into this weird view that if we're eating what we want and giving ourselves permission to have all the foods that there becomes this expectation that whenever we eat, say we, when we ask ourselves like, what do I feel like tonight? Hmm, I, I feel like pizza. And then we allow ourselves to, we give ourselves permission to have the pizza that it's going to be amazing. And then if it's not amazing, then we, we can, we can experience some amount of disappointment or sadness and then end up in this reactionary or compensatory place where we're like, well, that didn't fit the bill. I didn't really experience much pleasure with that. And so then we end up scrounging around looking for other things. And I think we need to be able to hold both at the same time. Like it is important for us to be able to ask ourselves, what do I feel like? What's going to be pleasurable to me? What am I going to enjoy? But then also in the other hand, be able to say, and not every meal is going to feel awesome. Sometimes I, I don't feel like feeding myself. Sometimes food feels like a hassle. <laughs> Sometimes I'm hungry and I know that I need to take care of myself, but I don't want to cook. I don't want to be in the hot kitchen. It's been like a hundred over a hundred degrees here. It's like, what can I make that I can still get, I, I can get my needs met with it, but that doesn't take a lot of time. And I, I just, I'm going to chalk this meal up to getting, taking care of myself and it's not going to be super amazing. And that's okay. <laughs> that's normal eating too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But if and we're dieting, I think if we're, if we're used to chronic dieting, then it's like, I got to plan every meal out so that it, it, it's super yummy because I don't get much food. <laughs> I'm, I'm restrained, I'm limited. And so every meal needs to be something that I'm really going to enjoy. And this is where, this is the kind of the, we can get snagged by this in terms of meeting our macros because we're, we're micromanaging our macros to fit everything that we really love into one day so that we feel satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that you said that stands out to me, I'm just thinking, is giving yourself permission. I think that when you've been following any kind of external plan, when you've been dieting, it's really hard sometimes to give yourself permission mm -hmm. to eat foods that you previously would have tried to be, you know, avoiding or restricting or just having a certain amount of. Um, so that, that concept of, of fully giving yourself permission to eat what feels right, you know, considering all of these variables, mm -hmm. health and well-being, pleasure, just what your body is kind of drawn towards for that meal. I think that releasing a little bit of control and trusting that that meal will serve its purpose mm -hmm. can be really hard. And I think that the, the more we can get back to normal eating, the less stress and anxiety we'll associate with giving ourselves 
permission to eat. It's kind of like they go hand in hand. Yeah. You have to give yourself permission to enjoy it, to eat and enjoy that food without reservation, without guilt, without fear about how it's going to impact your body. And at the same time, choosing foods wisely mm -hmm. with that pleasure aspect as well. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's like, it's like, it's like an, an art. Feeding yourself well, eating normally is kind of like an art where you're balancing some common sense and how to care for your body with what feels right and what feels health promoting and what allows you more kind of balance in your life. You know, it is, it's, there is no black and white. It is really nuanced. It's called a practice for a reason because we, we literally, it, and it's a lifelong practice because we have to keep doing it. We have to keep checking in. We have to keep reflecting. We have to keep going inward and asking like, how does this feel in my, in, in my body? And stepping away from a lot of times, stepping away from how is this going to affect the outside of my body? And I have a client right now who, she came to me with binge eating and is very much, still very much entrenched in wanting to lose weight. She, she wants to do intuitive eating, but she wants to lose the weight first and then do intuitive eating. And, and that's fine. I work with a lot of clients who are, they're, they're in that space. They're, they're very much fearful of the body fat they have on their bodies. She's fearful of continuing to binge, wants to stop binge eating, and it is desperate to stop that and wrestling with not being satisfied with her, with her body weight at the same time. And we're discussing eating in a more flexible, adaptive, contextual, modifiable, circumstantial sort of a way, instead of must meet these macros every day perfectly. And she, I love her honesty because she's like, that sounds great, except I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I don't know how to be flexible because she hasn't been for a very long time. It's been incredibly black and white, very, very perfectionistic. And she's fallen into the what the hell effect pattern that we've talked about, but haven't named in this episode, which is that compensatory, if one bit of food that is labeled as forbidden comes, comes in and she eats that, then the entire day is ruined and I might as well just eat everything that I haven't been allowing myself to eat for so long. So bring it on. Um, and then that's the binge, the binge ensues. And so, you know, we're, we're talking about all of these different things and the flexibility. She had a question. She's like, so what if tomorrow you know, I'm in between meals and I feel like eating a cookie. She said, that would not be doing my body good. And so now we're bumping up against these beliefs. Like, it wouldn't? Where does, where does the belief, where does that come from? The belief that you wouldn't be doing your body good. 
that sounds very binary and black and white. How do we know that you're not doing your body good? What if, we're, what if we are? What if it's the exact opposite? What if when you desire a cookie <laughs> and you allow yourself that cookie, what if there was hunger there? And that's an acknowledgement of the hunger. What if there was the, what if you just got out of your own way and prevented a binge by having that cookie? Instead of that cookie being the, the, the start to the binge because it was forbidden, what if that food became something that was just a normal part of your eating that you gave yourself permission to have sometimes. Other times you may decide not to because you actually look at the cookie and you're like, I don't actually know if I would enjoy that right now. I, I thought about it. it was th it's there, it's present, I have an opportunity, but what if it's a really hard chocolate chip cookie and I like soft ones? <laughs> what if I give myself the opportunity to try it and then check in with myself and ask, like, do I even like this? Or would I enjoy the cookie at another time of the day? And so we're going through all of these different sorts of scenarios and questions that she can ask herself instead of going immediately and reacting to this one belief, this would not do my body good. That's what I feel like really limits us from developing a more normal way of eating. We need more questions to ask ourselves to get at the nuances of how, how this might fit in, in my life in a very generative and adaptive way. So there's a, lot, there's a lot that goes into normal eating and maybe Beth, it would help if we just did a little bit of summarizing so far what we've covered. Normal eating is, it's eating when we're hungry. It's not normal to and or healthy in most circumstances, I would say, to try to push away hunger and avoid hunger and chew a bunch of gum and drink a bunch of, bunch of diet soda or coffee or tea or whatever it is. We've all probably done this before to get away from the hunger and chase it away and like extend the amount of time between our meals. Yes, yeah. And on the other side, to stop when you're feeling pretty full most of the time mm -hmm. and to be okay if you occasionally don't stop quite when you're full and you overeat a little bit. That's normal. Yeah. It's normal to leave food on our plates. <laughs> it's also normal to finish the entire meal and to want seconds sometimes. <laughs> That's also normal. <laughs> yeah. It's normal to love every bite and it's normal to sometimes think it wasn't the best meal in the world. <laughs> yeah, it is normal to really be excited about a meal and it's normal to go into a meal and be like, mm, it's so, mm, this is okay. It's also normal to really be excited about a meal and to get kind of halfway through or even less than halfway through. Maybe you've taken a few bites and you're like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm actually good. I, I think that if I keep eating this, I'm not going to enjoy it as much. That's normal too. 
and it's normal to plan meals into the day, but not have to strictly follow a meal plan for the day <laughs> to keep it flexible. Yeah, it's normal to eat with some timing throughout your day that is going to provide you with optimal energy and stamina and that timing that may vary like for me that timing today may be different than tomorrow <laughs> based on my energy based on my work schedule and then from person to person that timing can be vastly different as well and that's normal yeah and your preferences changing season to season that's normal <laughs> to try to stick to only eating certain foods all year round not necessarily normal <laughs> uh it's also normal to have food take up some amount of time and effort every day that's normal yeah yeah and i think it's going to vary from person again th there's this variability factor it's going to vary from person to person and day to day within each person how much time and effort you you are going to allow and want to put into it and to know that how you choose to eat today might be different than people you live with or work with mm -hmm. and your body is going to be different than theirs and have different needs and that's okay great oh i love that we didn't cover that beth and that's the same client that I've talked about, she has said multiple times to me, she's like, I eat so much more than my mom and my sister. And I said, uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> you guys are different people. But she has this idea that it shouldn't be that way. So she's created these standards for herself by comparison. Um, it's an unfair comparison though. And, and I understand how that can be really hard when you're under the same roof and you're eating the same meals. And each time you're faced with like, my plate is a lot fuller than my sister's plate and she's a lot thinner than me. And you know, everything that can go into that. Mm -hmm. And I'll say to that, what, go ahead. I was just going to say, and the fact that you have preconceived beliefs, thoughts, opinions on what you should or shouldn't eat, do, is normal. We all have them, but that doesn't mean we have to follow them. We can choose to recognize that we pick that up somewhere and that maybe it's okay to just kind of quiet down that voice and mm -hmm. allow ourselves to be internally guided instead. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's probably a good place to stop, Beth. I'm sure that we could list a few other, <laughs> a few other things. I might put that in the show notes. But <laughs> yeah, is there anything else that you'd like to, to end with? No, I think that we could talk about eating all day. <laughs> you are <laughs> right. We, be happy. <laughs> we certainly could. All right. Well, thank you, Beth. I appreciate you being here again today. And thank you everyone for joining us. If you have not yet subscribed to the podcast, you can find it anywhere you listen. Please leave us a review too. 
It helps other listeners find us and your feedback lets us know what we're doing well and what you would like to learn more about. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.